Cashflow Diary Podcast, episode 434. Welcome to yet another exciting episode of the Cashflow Diary Podcast. The podcast that teaches you insider tips, tactics, and strategies for creating leveraged streams of cash flow into your life. Learn from top-performing entrepreneurs, business owners, investors, and thought leaders from across the globe as they share their secrets to success. Like what you learn on this and other Cashflow Diary podcast episodes? Go to learninvestingnow.com and sign up to receive powerful tips and information that will help you succeed as an entrepreneur and investor. Now, here's your host, investor, entrepreneur, business owner, educator, speaker, author, and master facilitator of Robert Kiyosaki's Cashflow Game, Jay Massey. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Cashflow Diary Podcast. My name is Jay Massey, and I'm glad that you're here today because we are going to talk about something that I think is either plaguing you or, dare I say, the reason for your success or the lack thereof at this moment, whether you realize it or not, it's part of you building your business. And I know some of you are wondering what could that be? I mean, Jay, we've talked about sales. We've talked about products and ideas and all all kinds of things before. What could we be talking about this time? Well, today we're going to be talking about the art of connection. Seven relationship building skills every leader needs now. Not tomorrow, right now. That is the title of the book because here's the thing. As a leader, one of the things that you are managing, maintaining, and constantly building our relationships, whether that be with vendors, whether that be with your customers, whether that be with suppliers, whatever you call them, you have to build these relationships. And being good at it is just necessary. And at the end of the day, we could all use a little bit more help. So I have with me today the author of The Art of Connection, Michael Gelb. Now, you may remember him from a book titled How to Think Like Leonardo da Vinci, Seven Steps to genius every day. He has written 15 books, a million copies across all of his books sold. And what's really cool is that he says that he's been doing this thing for 38 years, but warming up for the next 38. So I'm excited to hear what he has to say about relationship building skills and how it's going to help you and I in business. So help me welcome Michael Gelb. Michael, you there? Yes, I am. Thank you. I am glad that you have made the time to be here. Uh, I am, I, I got to be honest, I'm, I'm somewhat nervous and, and excited at the same time because when I think about relationship building skills, I think it's a, it's a necessary skill. And yet at the same time, I'm like, I'm going to ask questions. I'm going to find loopholes or, or things that I'm actually not doing well. So <laughs> this is going to be good, for, I think, for everybody. <laughs> but that's the good news. You know, actually, that, you, that is the very first uh, chapter in the book uh, about embracing humility. And it's, it's only that attitude that will allow us to continually improve our relationships. The people we have to worry about are the people who think, they're really good at it. People who think, oh yeah, I'm a really good listener. Uh, So they don't work on it. And they're the ones we have to watch out for. So (laughs) (laughs) no doubt, no doubt. So before we get too far in, let me ask you the same question I tend to ask everybody else, because I'm curious to hear your answer. You ready? Sure. All right. I tend to look at today's entrepreneurs a lot like yesterday's 
superheroes, you know, Batman, Robin, Wonder Woman, the Hulk, etc. Mm-hmm. And I think entrepreneurs and superheroes have a ton of things in common. Chief among them is the fact that as an entrepreneur, occasionally I can close my eyes and envision myself using our products and services to save people from themselves. And who knows, when my eyes are closed, I'm probably wearing a cape and tights. But also like a superhero, there's a time where an entrepreneur has a beginning. So if you think of like Spider-Man, for example, there was a time where he was just a kid going to school, taking some photos, trying to make ends meet. And then one day this event happens. He gets bit by a spider, discovers he's got this newfound ability and has to use it for good or evil. So my question to you is as follows. Before, you know, you have, I mean, you've been known for, you know, obviously 15 books and and leading seminars for organizations like DuPont, Genentech, Merck, Microsoft, Nike, Raytheon, YPO. You've done a lot of things. Before all of that, what we want to know is who is Michael Gill? Mm. Oh, well, before all of that, he was a person with an unbelievable amount of energy, and he still is. <laughs> <laughs> well, you said warming up, so yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, my mother said that when I was born, she said, oh, my God, the energy, what am I going to do with this? <laughs> yeah, no doubt. I, I got expelled from nursery school. Uh, <laughs> really? Because... Yeah, I asked too many questions. I, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't good. At, in 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 those days, they had this. One of the things you got graded on was what they called deportment, okay. which then later became known as behavior. Interesting. And and I didn't get good grades in that. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. That's fine. We all start somewhere. Yeah. So, but I, I had all this energy, and the question is, what what to do with it? And when it came time to, so the answer to who I am is this just unbelievable core of potential energy with curiosity around how to utilize it in the most useful, intelligent, and joyful way. So interesting. That, yeah, that's what led me to create my own business. I mean, I've never actually had anybody pay my health insurance <laughs> interesting <laughs> i'm a hundred you know, i'm a hundred percent yeah entrepreneur from day one uh, uh always run my own business always made stuff up based on what i thought could help people uh, would be of service to others in a way that fit with what i like to do mm-hmm and in the beginning, I got to tell you, I, I wasn't even focused on the cash flow aspect of it. I just, hmm. I just thought I want to just have fun and, and do what I love to do and enliven and illuminate people. And people started hiring me and then they started paying me. And I just thought, wow, this is so cool. <laughs> I, 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 money just started just flowing in. I, I didn't even think about it. Eventually I thought, okay, I guess I'm running a business now because uh, I'm making all this money. Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> that would be the case. Yes. That sounds yes, right. Yeah. yeah so, it's, and that's just, that's just continued. Uh, it's just been, that's just what, you know, the way it is. So, so, and having said all that, this particular new book, the art of connection, Mm-hmm 
relationships. What part of why I felt compelled to write this is I realized that a core aspect of my success and fulfillment in this career thus far has been based on on creating relationships with people who many of whom I've known now for for decades right. a lot of clients became friends still are friends and what what's really when I've been doing this for as many years as I have, what's wonderful is you know a lot of my first generation of clients are all re retired long ago. Because when I started, my clients were all older than me. Mm. Then I have a, a, there's a generation of clients who are around my age. Now they're all retired too. Hmm. So my clients now are the people who were junior to those people who were the uh, successors to my original clients. Right. So. So my, my, my biggest client right now comes from a, a fellow who was a, a client of mine 30 years ago. He retired. One of the people who was a junior person in a seminar at his company rose up to become an executive vice president of this other company. She introduced me to the other company. They became a really big client. She retired and one of the people from that company moved to a new company, and the first thing she did once she got settled there was get me engaged to help them with their vision and their mission and their values and be more creative and be more effective in building relationships with all their stakeholders. So that's a little bit about. Got it. Well, what I hear in all of that is you're good at building at least long-term relationships because that could be something in today's economy, which is, I would say, fraught with transactional relationships not something that that's a common skill set it's not well that's what you know again that's why i felt i had to put all this down because it's it's becoming people are not becoming better at this and it's going to become more <laughs> hold important. on you mean twitter's not helping me build better relationships come on right yeah and when people and when kids are learning their their conversation skills from siri and alexa you know we've got a problem <laughs> <laughs> that's it's funny you mentioned that because one of my kids actually that's exactly what happened the other day when she was talking to her sister and like how did how did you know they they were talking about something i can't remember what and she one asked the other how did you know the answer and the, and the other one responded well siri told me and i'm like wow that like that was <laughs> That was like an authority, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Oh, that yeah. was an authority. Yeah. I had no idea. And, <laughs> and it's, look, it's wonderful. I mean, I love, love the ability to share information with people instantaneously around the planet. I love the opportunity to get access to all of the information and, and wisdom at, at, at a touch. I mean, it's it's right. phenomenal if if you know how to look, because you just have to remember that much of what's out there is not accurate. So, you know, one of the quotes I put in the book where we, I talk about this a little bit is you know part of what we're up against, and I you know, I checked all the references for this book, and whenever possible, I went back to either see the original book or journal that the science came from, or I, I, what I try to do is I actually contact the researcher and I ask them, is this what you really said and what you really uh, concluded? So 
I've learned to be really diligent about that, especially in my recent books, because it's become more important. And one of the one of the quotes I put in the book is this one. It says, most of the quotes on the Internet are accurate. George Washington. (laughs) 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 So that's what we're up against. (laughs) Right, right. No doubt. No doubt. No doubt. Now, you you mention in the in the idea, just the idea of building relationships, but it's the art of connection. I would argue that we are more connected, quote unquote, or at least have the ability. I mean, when you talk about being able to access the wisdom across the the planet, I mean, you go to YouTube and you can look up anything and know something or find someone who knows a little bit about whatever you're looking for and begin that way. I, I would argue that we really are connected more than we've ever been, but maybe you're using a different definition of connection that qualifies here uh, when it comes to building relationships. We are networked. We're not connected. Got it. Okay. (laughs) All right. Okay. So we have access to information, but not empathy. Hmm. So, so the soul to soul element is not being served by the onslaught of information and sometimes an information onslaught makes it harder for people to connect with themselves for starters because well we're all we've all witnessed uh, you know, people walking down the street and everybody's on their device people out to dinner and they're not talking to each other they're all on their device uh, people driving off the road because they're on their device. I mean, I walk in the woods and people, you know, the woods, part of the thing about walking in the woods, and, and, and this is not just my opinion, there's a lot of research about this, that it's one of the best things you can do for your well-being on, on many levels, for your creativity, for your immune system. But not if you have your headphones in and you're sending texts while you walk through the woods. <laughs> What's wrong with that picture? Uh, so, and it's you know, and look, it's addictive. Uh, the, the 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 people you know, we think of the people out in Silicon Valley. They seem so hip. You know, they're wearing T-shirts and sneakers. They don't seem like the same evil corporate types who purposely got people addicted to cigarettes and didn't mind that uh, despite the research that showed that you know they'd get lung cancer and emphysema and and you know we don't think that they're like the 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 people who said well, let's just put more sugar in this food because we don't care if people die of diabetes and obesity because it's addictive and we'll sell more product so nicotine is addictive ruined a lot of people's lives sugar's addictive ruins a lot of people's lives but your device is more addictive than both of those things. And it's not just taking your lungs or your pancreas, it's taking your brain and your whole nervous system. So it takes tremendous, you have to be a martial artist. You have to be a samurai. You have to be super disciplined to learn how to utilize this amazing technology, which I'm super grateful for, but if it's not going to co-opt and hack your brain, you better learn to have, so some of the things I talk about in the book, you know, learn to have a digital sunset, shut it off, don't look at it again till tomorrow. Occasionally have a digital Sabbath, 
put it away for a day, practice looking people in the eye and, and having face-to-face real conversation. Interesting. So you, you, you're headed right where I want to go because I was going to say, what, what are the seven relationship building skills that every leader needs now? Mm-hmm. I mean, I get the needing now part for sure because yeah, yeah. That, that's really clear. But what are the skill sets that you see that are that have been broken uh, through the cycle of, we'll call it the invasion of the electronics? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well the, well, the first one is just this recognition, how important this is. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> because, you know, if you don't get it that it's important, why would you pay attention? Why would you read the rest of the book? That's why in the introduction, we talk about connection, <clears throat> you know, obviously, we have a lot of folks who you know, want to build their business, uh, want to be successful. Uh, I'm right there with them. But there was a fascinating study. It's actually been going on uh, for four generations. It's the longest running social psychology study ever done. And they asked these young men, it was all men, uh, half of them were from undergraduates at Harvard and half of them were about the same age from Roxbury. And they followed these young men through the course of their lives, and now they're into the next generation. Mm-hmm. And they look at what what is success. And they asked the you know when they first started the study, they asked these young men, "What will you consider your life to be to be successful?" Oh, I want to be you know executive vice president of this company. I want to make X number of million dollars. Uh, I want to have. Uh, a house here and one there and a, a, you know, a Ferrari or whatever. And what they found is they followed that, you know, they interviewed them every year. They, they, they checked their physiology and what they found. Oh, by the way, it's also interesting that a lot of the Harvard guys <clears throat> over time uh, uh, didn't necessarily uh, all do as well. So mm. some dropped down in socioeconomic status and some of the Roxbury guys who started out socioeconomically lower, some of them rose up dramatically. <clears throat> but leaving aside the socioeconomic factor had no correlation with people's health, longevity, uh, or sense of, of well-being and happiness. The one factor, the one factor that the, the studies director says made all the difference was the sense of connection. Hmm. So connection is the greatest predictor of longevity, of health, and of happiness. And I also, it's my thesis also, that it's what's going to make you really successful in business over time. So that's the first thing is get that this is about how to be a happy person and a successful person. Because, you know, if you think you're successful – but you're not happy and you're sick, that's not my idea of success. Uh, my idea of success is you're, you're healthy, you're happy, you have wonderful relationships, and you have wild abundance, and you can do whatever you want with it. Yes, yes, yes. I, there's something that you said, though, that I also think bears emphasizing is the fact that you said over time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. As opposed to what we could think is immediate or, or quick simply because you know you you hear of individuals especially today because as you said we're very well networked who started you know uh, and their 
online account the beginning of this year and now they've got all of these things going on are you here you know xyz business just sold for all of this and it only took eight months for them to have all of these things and that can leave one with the impression that well relationships honestly don't matter all right everybody thanks for listening and i'm glad that you are enjoying what you are hearing thus far but here's one of the things that's really important One of the most important things that you can do as get started, one of the things that I've said before, and I say again, once you get started, stay started. But more importantly, there can be lots of roadblocks to getting started. So what we're going to do is we're going to remove one of those roadblocks for you and make it a little bit easier. Because the thing that I don't want to stop you is thinking, do I need a local number? How about a long distance number? Or should it be 800? How on earth am I going to make that happen so that people can contact me as I'm out there building my business, making my cash flow grow, but most importantly, understanding that it doesn't have to be difficult. Many of you may know, but if you don't There's a company out there by the name of Grasshopper. And what I want you to do is I want you to go over to trygrasshopper.com forward slash cash flow diary. Grasshopper is the entrepreneur's phone system. It works like a traditional phone system, but requires no hardware to purchase, no software to install. It's just the number that flat works. So if you are out there building that distributed workforce across many different locations, it's a way for you to still go out there and make your number be unified, simple, easy to use, something we've been using for quite some time. So again, go over to trygrasshopper.com forward slash cashflow diary. Now let's get back to the rest of the story. Well, that's the thing is, uh, knock yourself out. I mean, you know, if you can make a billion dollars in the next six months, do it. <laughs> and then read my book afterwards. <laughs> right, 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 right. I got you. Uh, but uh, this, if it weren't about uh, more than just money, if it weren't about, you know, if you, once you have, a, I guarantee, look, I know people uh, who've, who've succeeded just at the highest, highest level. And all of the two types, actually, some who are never satisfied, so they're constantly miserable, even even though they have just vast, vast amounts of money and they tend to become less and less pleasant to be around or other people who've just done incredibly well and they realize that they've got to go deeper to find more meaning in their lives. And all they realize that relationship is the most precious thing in their life. And so either way, this is about, I mean, success. I I want, I want people who are, we're, who are listening to our conversation Mm -hmm. to be as successful as they might ever want to be. And I prefer that they be happy and healthy and not, (laughs) it's great. You know, there's a section in the, in the book where we talk about the fact that emotions are contagious. Mm. Uh, so be careful what you catch and you spread. Mm. And it, it turns out that when people uh, are obnoxious, when they're uh, self-centered, when they are self-aggrandizing, when they put other people down, uh, it turns out that 
although some people can get away with doing that and seem to be successful for a while, uh, in most organizations, this becomes very expensive because people don't want to work for that kind of person. And now, more than ever before, younger people want to work in positive environments. They want to work in a place where they can express themselves, where they feel that they're being valued, where they can contribute to something useful, and they can make a lot of money. In other words, we used to think uh, that there was, a, there was a, m a mindset that said, okay, well, we have to, we have to exploit the resources of the earth and we have to take advantage of people in order to do well ourselves. Mm. And that's just tough. And then those people felt guilty and they didn't want to go to hell. So they you know, said, okay, now I'm going to uh, donate a library or a wing of, of a house. I mean, you know, that's seriously, that's the old model. It's just, it's like corporate social responsibility. That's like, okay, we're going to set aside some money to fix the problems that we've caused. <laughs> yeah, right, right. right. So, so this is an old model. Uh, the model that, that, I encourage people to take is make the world a better place, make people happy consistently, treat everybody with dignity and respect, bring out the best in everybody you meet. Uh, emotions are contagious. So you spread uh, energy, joy, positivity. Uh, it's uplifting to be around you. So the best people want to come and work with you. Uh, clients, like you, they want to do business with you. Uh, you go out of your way. You treat everybody with dignity and respect, wh wh wherever they are on the proverbial totem pole. And then, first of all, then your life is just more joyful every day. Mm -hmm. And people want to be around you, and they're more engaged and motivated. And over time, you'll make way more money. Yeah, I totally get that. But here's the thing that's running in the back of my mind as I'm listening to you talk and thinking about relationships and just the many different personality types on the planet. There's mm. a class of individual, which I gladly include myself in as introverts. The idea of making mm. relationships is not exactly a <clears throat> fun or the first thing I wake up thinking, let's go make more relationships today. <laughs> what would you say to that person knowing what you know? Yeah, well, see, this is the great thing is whatever your personality type is, this is one of, actually one of the exercises in the book. I, I take, there's a chapter called Transcend Fixations, and we have you look into what, what's your personality type. You can use any one of the different personality profiles. But one of the simplest distinctions that almost everybody can relate to is introvert or extrovert. So yeah. it's great that we're having this conversation. I'm a wild extrovert. Uh, you've said that you're an introvert. <laughs> yeah. So what we need from. to do. We would right? be okay. in the opposite ends of every room, I'm yeah, sure. But no, but, but here's what, no, but here's the great, here's the great thing. Uh, uh, and it's important to do the opposite of what your habitual proclivity is. So if you want to grow, if you want to be a more balanced person and have just more opportunity, more, you know, this is called the seven relationship building skills. This is a skill 
that you cultivate. So I, in other words, let, let me be more specific. Uh, I, as a natural extrovert, have learned to discipline myself to act like an introvert, not all the time, but for example, uh, I'd rather always be with people. It's not my thing to go be by myself. So every day I spend some time by myself. I go for a walk by myself in silence. I don't look at my phone. I don't send any texts or emails. I spend an hour a day in silence by myself. Now, that, so that's something intro, introverts say, oh, that wow, what a relief, that would be great. Extroverts like, where are the people? Who can I be talking to? Uh, but I do the opposite of my natural tendency because when we go into the opposite, we become more whole, we become more balanced. Turns out that it's, I do some of my best thinking. Uh, I feel like I deepen my sense of, well, connection. It's the art of connection with oneself, but then it also strengthens my skill. Let's say I'm facilitating a meeting for a client, uh, you know, which is actually a big part of what I do. I, I help run meetings where mm -hmm. they're trying to solve a problem or mm -hmm. they're working on crafting their st uh, strategic plan or setting their goals for the quarter, for the year, for the next five years or whatever it happens to be. So I have to get all the introverts in the room to contribute and not just let the extroverts run the show. Because <laughs> uh, that's what will happen. Uh, uh, that's The default setting is the extroverts will, will push the agenda and the introverts will uh, uh, you know, act out passive aggressively. <laughs> <laughs> well. <laughs> is that right? So, so uh, but the other thing is the introverts might have some really, really good ideas, but they don't have the skills at uh, championing those ideas and expressing them. So I have developed a sensitivity to those introverts and I've learned how to connect with them and draw out their ideas. And I know how to get the extroverts to to be quiet because <laughs> I want to learn to be quiet myself. Do you know what I mean? It's like I have real yeah. credibility. I can really do this because I can really connect with people who are different than me because I've gone into walk uh, in, in their shoes and look at the world from the point of view of people who are different than I am. And that is a skill that is, is a core leadership skill. You know, if you just want to surround yourself with people who are just like you and your company, well then you're all going to have a giant blind spot and it, it's, it's not going to serve you as well as having a diverse group of people who you that you then know how to bring out the different perspectives, you'd be way more innovative. You'll see things you wouldn't see otherwise. Yeah, and that that's one of the things that uh, I'm often trying to be aware of is making sure that everyone that's around our, our own organization is as different from me and each other as humanly possible. Because they they I want everybody to bring something to the table in that regard. Now, when it comes to building this skill, I like the idea of what you're saying is like putting yourself in an intentional situation to be the opposite of, of you know, what, what my natural proclivity might be. 
Mm-hmm. But I got to be transparent here and tell you when you say go for so for me, that would be go find my go put myself in situations to where I'm around people. I suddenly when just that thought, I just go, I'm tired. I want to go to sleep. <laughs> that is not like can we go back to where where was that walk in the forest right i i that that, that sounded <laughs> yeah that, so you do much that better sorry yeah no. <laughs> so yes uh, how does yeah i was gonna say how does you you said you just disciplined yourself what does that look like for for those of us that are looking to grow these organizations we all want to be able to connect with our people whether they be our customers vendors or you know what have you uh, what does that look like in in practice? Yeah, well, no, in practice, what it looks like is getting up and going and introducing yourself to five people when you walk into the room uh, as an introvert. <laughs> uh, you know, and just just it's the classic thing. You know, feel the anxiety, do it anyway. Oh my god, my wife would yeah. freak out if I ever did that. She's like, "What? Who is this? Are you okay?" Yeah, she would actually wonder if I was okay. <laughs> uh, well, I, I tell you something. Uh, uh, it, it this is the kind of thing that brings more life to relationships. Okay. Because especially over the years, because when you see, like, when your wife sees you growing and experimenting and shifting out of your habitual mode, I guarantee you that that that, that generates more energy. What starts out as anxiety becomes exhilaration when you do something that you thought you couldn't do. It's just like if if you've ever uh, done athletics or or martial arts, uh, you know, or just, you know, the simplest analogy is just kind of like, I don't want to go swimming. The water's too cold. Uh, uh, Okay, I'm going to make myself, I'm jumping in. Oh my God, I'm freezing. Hey, this is really cool. <laughs> right. Yeah. Someone said that to me the other day about, hey, have you ever tried taking cold showers in one? I'm like, nope, never tempted, not even once. <laughs> not a, not, that's not a thing for me at all. Well, I'll tell you, I mean, I, I, I had a client in Sweden and they had some estate somewhere where they, they took us in their, their boat and we went to this estate and it had this big dock. This was a senior team of this Swedish shipping company. And the part of their ritual was uh, all of the guys would get up first thing in the morning, take off all their clothes, run down the dock and dive into the Baltic Sea. Yeah. Now, yeah, and I can't even begin to tell you how cold this was. And, you know, I, this is very early in my career, but it's kind of like I can't be the, you know, the American guy who's just not going to do this. So just <laughs> you got to do it. And I still I still remember the feeling of it because it was like one of those cartoons. I mean, I jumped in the water. It was so cold. I just went. Whoosh. I felt like I just rose straight out of the water and ran in the air back to the dock. But I guess I, I well, anyway, I, I live to tell the story. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think somebody probably got goosebumps just hearing you. Like that's just, no, there's no version of that, that I would have been the, the American. Is, yeah. Here's the deal is, uh, uh, we don't, it's not a matter of just doing things that are uncomfortable for the sake of doing things that are uncomfortable. I, I I'm a big fan of doing things that are 
joyous and pleasurable and really fun. Uh, and to expand one's capacity for joy, pleasure, and fun, it's really useful to look at how, as you get old, here's, think about it this way. As you get older, how do you become a wiser, more well-balanced, more integrated, more fulfilled human being? Part of how you do that is by changing, growing, developing, pushing your boundaries, hmm. and especially if it's something that ultimately will have a business purpose. I mean, if you if you learn to be free-er, you'll never be totally free, by the way. You'll always be an introvert. I'll always be an extrovert. So you don't change your, your fundamental wiring. Hmm. But when you expand your repertoire of behaviors so that you are more skilled at connecting with different kinds of people, well, that's obviously going to serve you as you build an organization. It's obviously going to serve you, especially now that you know we live, the world is global. Right. So you're dealing with people with lots of different cultures, uh, lots of different orientations, lots of different backgrounds. Uh, how do you learn to, to connect with people who aren't like the people that you grew up with or everybody that you know? And it's, it's one of the, the toxic things about the world today is people are becoming these these insulated tribes and they're thinking i'm just going to be with the people who are exactly like me well that that's no way to live <laughs> right right no I, I i get that i get that it's just you're challenging us to do something that is fundamentally difficult anyway but i'm glad that you've taken the time you know to re to reduce your thoughts and ideas into the book that that can totally begin put us on this journey that can help us become bigger better better and all the things That's that we want to do. So I, yep. I I hear it. I like it. So uh, in fact, for the people that have listened uh, this far, what what's going to be the best way for them to to track you down to find out more about what you've got going on, or maybe even grab a copy of the book? Oh, thank you. Yes, it's michaelgelb.com, G-E-L-B, michaelgelb.com, and we've got uh, there's a link to the book there. Uh, as well as all my other books. There's free articles. There's lots of cool video. People can sign up for our newsletter. We don't bombard people with the newsletter, uh, and we, we pack it with really fun, cool stuff. And we're also just curating our YouTube channel, so we're going to be doing lots of fun mm. YouTube videos uh, on all sorts of subjects. Uh, related to the different books and just also issues of the day. So it's all there at michaelgelb.com. Excellent. Excellent. Now, as we wind down here, I've got a question for you that I want to ask for, because I, I believe your answer is going to be unique. Uh, and then, <laughs> so I really want to, I want to hear what you have to say. Let's, so let's pretend for a moment that someone listening, uh, you know, they're, they're actually going to, do what you suggest you know they're actually going to do it this time but understand they, they they're going to go out there and become that bigger better badder version of themselves they're gonna uh they're they're actually going to step up and step out and and do the things that they've only been thinking about or maybe they're at one million and are trying to get to two million or two to five five to ten whatever it is 
they're finally going to take it on. But here's what you and I both know. Anytime we make decisions like, hey, this is it, no further, I'm going to be better, there's usually a, a companion that comes along with that decision. And it usually comes in the form of a voice that reminds us of who we're not, why we're not, and how it didn't go well last time. And for some people, uh, they're even related to that voice. So mm-hmm. my, my question to you is, they're going to follow through this time. So what would you suggest that they do in the next 24 to 48 hours to make good on it? Mm. To make good on... On this desire that commitment. they've cultivated from listening to you, from reading the book, from mm-hmm. I, I'm going to make it happen now, Mike. What, what's it going to be? What's it look like? What yeah. Do I do? Well, what you know, what I, I counsel people to do, and I've taken them through this... Uh, in, in How to Think Like Leonardo da Vinci, there's an exercise at the end of the book. Uh, and we, in the book, it, it takes you through it in seven days, but you could do it in a day if you, if you wanted to concentrate it. Uh, it's, you know, I think what people ought to do is write down your life purpose. And you say, well, what is it? Well, you got to figure that out. Uh, write it down right now because that's the pur- purpose drives everything. What's your purpose? Then what are the major areas of your life? So you got your health, you have your business, you have your family, you have the things you want to learn, the place you want to travel, maybe you have your spiritual life. Map it all out. Make a mind map of your whole life, your whole business, and then put the most important goal in each area of your life on that mind map, put it on your desk and go from there. I mean, that, that's, if you, you asked me what, what's one thing I tell them to do, it's, it's, it's just to do that. Look at the big picture of your whole life. The sooner you do this, the better off you'll be. Then all these things we're telling you about uh, uh, how to build relationships, how to shift out of your habitual pattern, how to be a better listener. Uh, it's all in service of a, a bigger vision and a bigger picture. And I mean even bigger, you know, like, okay, one million to two million is great. Well, make sure you know why you want to do that. Mm. Uh, put it in a context. What are your values? What do you stand for? What would What would you hold true to under any circumstances that, you know, this is how, you know, who you are and why you're doing what you're doing. And the reason for this is beyond the fact, the obvious fact that wouldn't it be great if everybody did this and the world would be a lot more ethical and a lot uh, more uh, thoughtful and a lot more conscious and a lot more intentional. But it's also that when you, when you have a higher purpose for what you do and you look at what you're doing from the perspective of the big picture, how it all fits together, you liberate way more energy, way more energy for making it happen. Love it. I, I knew if I asked you, you would have a, a different answer. <laughs> I knew that. I knew that going in, but uh, and right. that's good. That's good. And I'm glad. And in fact, I, I definitely want to say that I appreciate the the, the time that you've taken today to share your knowledge, your insight, as well as your wisdom here with us today at the Cashflow Diary. My pleasure. Thank you.
All right, ladies and gentlemen, you know what time it is. It's time for you to move at the speed of instruction. What does that mean today? Today it means michaelgelb.com. Why? Because you know you heard something. You know relationships are key. You, in fact, are probably, if I'm going to take a guess, you're probably having trouble with a relationship right now. So get it straight. Go grab the copy of the book. Begin to implement these things because nothing changes until you start taking some action, some forward momentum towards it. And now you have a way to go. Ladies and gentlemen, it's been fun talking to you today. I look forward to talking to you soon. Until next time.